listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Tell me this isn't about me getting into the Phoenix. No, you didn't. You planted that story about the chicken. I didn't plant the story about the chicken. What's he talking about? You had me accused of animal cruelty. Seriously, what the hell's the chicken? And I'll bet what you hated the most is that they identified me as a co-founder of Facebook, which I am. You better lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. Get him out of here. It's okay, I'm going. Hang on. I almost forgot. Here's your $19,000. I wouldn't cash it, though. I drew it on the account you froze. I like sitting next to you, Sean. It makes me look so tough. That's our show for tonight, people. Welcome to the One Tech Podcast, episode 52? 52? Yeah, sure, whatever. Doesn't really matter. We had our one-year anniversary uh, last week last two weeks and that was a three three and a half hour extravaganza we promise we won't keep you that long hopefully <laughs> yeah uh, no we're not doing three and a half hours no we are doing we are joined by uh at ted vid on uh twitter ted joining us all the way from puey, puey, puey. Puey, puey, puey. uh doing the social network this week a special uh a special episode considering what we think of this movie ted thank you for joining us man we appreciate you yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited about it. Um, I, I, it's one of my favorite movies too, so I'm I'm pumped to jump in with you guys. Well, speaking of social networks, I don't want to like dox you or anything, but you work for a social network, so this is sort of like a uh, like I don't know what to uh, interesting commentary, I guess. The most qualified guest we've ever had for any episode. <laughs> well, I'm happy to join. Uh, I will not be disclosing anything that I have, you know under wraps in some NDA, but I, I'm happy to chat plenty <laughs> plenty about Twitter and where I work and anything, you, any questions you have. Uh, but I, I'll tell you if I can't answer that question. Ooh. Gun to your head. Um, the, the, the Twitter mafia is holding you silent. We get it. We get it. Big Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening. Jack Dorsey has you in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> more right. videos. Ted, so what we do here, more videos. So what we do here is uh, it basically real simple. Just going to review the movie and uh, we'll probably end up just talking shit about it. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it was what we do with most movies. But uh, this movie is so good that it's going to be hard to. But then we'll give it a letter grade and so on and so forth. But other than that, how we doing, guys? I cleaned my apartment. That's what I did today. Bless. So, You've been a, running a lot do- recently. You're a marathon man now. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> my legs and butt hurt just for those it just i don't know how to fix it by maybe by not running i guess i don't know yeah stop doing that it's, mm. it's bad for you 
Ted, you said you were cleaning couch cushions today. Today's good. Good day. Yeah. Yeah. No, we had, uh, we got a new couch in our living room. So we got to move the old couch to my office and we cleaned the cushions in the meantime. But some, some big news on that front, they delivered the wrong couch initially. So Ooh. it was really fun to unwrap that discover it was the wrong couch <laughs> repackage up a couch and then have them deliver another couch that was for some for or actually ours so that was fun how do you repackage a couch i'd be like nah y'all just gotta come get this i'm not <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it that's pretty much what happened is like i put the box back together and with some tape and it was like it it fits in this box again good luck getting it out so that was it we live in a, in a crazy time you can return a mattress you've already slept on yeah yeah people yeah. really want that dex how we doing i'm good man no complaints no complaints i'm just really excited to talk about this movie this is one of my favorite films of all time like this is the movie that got me into like the oscar race and thinking about movies like on a deeper level than just like watching it the one time and forgetting about it completely so i am super pumped to talk about this movie instead of the boring ass shit we were gonna talk about which was the little things oh my god that movie i still think we gotta talk about that movie that movie sucked that movie was so bad um yeah, that movie made me so mad too yeah if you're wondering jake isn't here he's uh dealing with some family stuff but uh he will be back with us next week so uh do not fret he's not gone forever um ted let's start with you man Give it a uh, letter grade and give, what do you think about it initially? And then we'll get further into it. Yeah. So this movie, I, I mean, I don't know if there is a letter. It's like, I mean, maybe triple A, maybe where it belongs. A plus um, plus. So it, it's uh, it's one of those those f- films that I looking back, I believe that year it was the same year that King's Speech won Best Picture. Right. And I remember at the time thinking. I still think that this is the movie, speaking of the social network, that we'll remember going forward. And I think that that's proven correct. It's just it's really hard to top what, you know, Fincher and um, Sorkin did with just like putting this together. And I I don't know how to how else to grade it other than top notch. I think it's the movie of the decade and it came out in 2010. It's a very good point. I mean, this is one of those movies that when we look back at like film history, they're going to be like, well, the social network in the early 2010s and people are going to be like, oh, but yeah, it's true. It is just that. I don't know. It just is that movie. Uh, Dex, he said triple A. This is one of your favorites. Of course, it's on Netflix right now. So if you haven't seen it, which I don't know how if you're our age and you haven't seen this movie, this was like for me and you, Dex, this was like our I don't want to say Godfather or anything, but it's it was like our intro into film or cinema or what have you, like because of kind of our age range and how this coincided with with us, like growing yeah, up. Yeah, this was Baby's first prestige film, right here, right <laughs> for <laughs> all of us, like mid '90s kids. We were like teenagers coming into 2010. We were on Facebook. We had been on MySpace, et cetera, et cetera knew a little bit about it and then we went and saw this movie and we were like oh you can do that like, I, mm. didn't, I didn't realize that you could make a movie so badass with like so little that actually happens in it like there's not any like action. it's a deposition no, yeah it's a bunch of court depositions arbitration meetings shit like that there's no like real fights or anything like that like it's just people talking really fast at each other but it's a wild ride the entire time. Like, 
the dialogue is perfect. The score is perfect. The cinematography is perfect. And it's an interesting story. It just, it has everything that you can want. That's right. It's triple A. It's like one of my top five movies of all time. Personally, I, I love this movie. I hadn't watched it in some time, but you, it is one of those ones that the YouTube algorithm will like spit up. Like, did I accurately answer your condescending question speech? Like that will come up or, uh, if you're, you know, or the he's wired in and like the better lawyer yeah. up asshole that speech comes up all the time on YouTube. If you've just like watched movie clips like I do on YouTube that the, the algorithm knows, but the, this baby's first cinema, this, that's a very good way of putting this because it's, it's so influential in especially the, I said uh, the other day in the, in, in the group message, this was the, I think this is the peak. This is the peak of Fincher. It's definitely the peak of Jesse Eisenberg and it's the peak, maybe the peak of Sorkin and it, it, all three together came up with their put together made their magnum opus and that's this movie and the fact that i think now looking back in retrospect like we were saying people are just going to remember this movie i i think though this movie holds a little different because i hadn't watched it in a long time holds it a little different weight now kind of awkward yeah we were talking about earlier this movie feels kind of quaint now considering some of the problems and stuff we're dealing with on social networks like mm. you know it's a story about like oh he stole the idea for i don't know making myspace exclusive for college kids but it's like yeah now we're talking about election fraud and insurrections and deplatforming the president like we're in a whole different world now with yeah with social networks and it's just such a weird thing that we're doing now but it's and it's it's such an interesting portrayal and it's such a like such a riveting story that we sit here and we just watch people like argue over who gets more billions yeah okay they did something incredible here man it's it's timeless it'll never go away even though like we said the story feels kind of outdated a little bit now like we're dealing with different problems the world has moved on a little bit it's like damn man this movie is still mm-hmm. incredible to this day it yeah, almost think it, go ahead Ted. no i was gonna say i do think it, that's kind of it's a poignant thing to to note that there's so much more going on now uh obviously in the social media platform world um it i think a movie like this maybe at the time isn't as well received because it doesn't understand it didn't the culture at the time didn't quite understand just how impactful and how changing this was going to how much this is going to change society so -hmm. you look at this now and you're like this is only just like touch scratching the iceberg of like all the stuff to come i mean this is before mark zuckerberg is in front of congress you know so uh it's definitely um it's definitely interesting to look at it through that lens um one note on that, by the way, and I, I just uh, just from the social network side of things, it's still really fascinating to me because uh, Facebook has started what two thousand four, yeah, um, ish in, or in that range. And um, when you think about it, that's like seventeen years old. So what I'd like to always say is like we're all still like seventeen years old now mm-hmm. on online, and not all of us were the most mature at seventeen. So I'm hoping that we slowly mature <laughs> over time and get to be beyond a bunch of seventeen year olds on on social networks. That's such a good point, though, because I was looking at it last night. I had had a couple drinks and I started the movie and I was sitting there just kind of reminiscing about I joined Facebook in 2009 and I was, you know, 
15 years old and yada, yada, yada. And then I looked at it. I was like, wait, how fucking old is Mark? Mark Zuckerberg's 36. Like, it's just like, like, he has $90 billion and he's 36. And in the grand scheme of things, you're just sitting there going like, yeah, there is so much more left of this story that hadn't even been written. And the whole thing about this movie is like basically taking place when the guy's like 25. Probably. I mean, he was still in college, so he was younger than that, I'd say. Yeah. And so it's just, well, I mean, the the, the story tech, but I'm talking about like the depositions and stuff when he's like kicking everybody out of the company and whatnot. Like, I guess like he's like 22, 23. It's such an interesting look. And it is, it's like a perfect time capsule of the era too, from the cultural wasteland that was 2004 to 2010. I feel yeah. like we were talking about that last night as well. Um, don't go and look at my old Facebook profile pictures. You don't have to do that. Uh, <laughs> but no, I just, this movie is an A plus. Let me uh, just real quick go over what uh, critics and stuff say about this movie. Um, Should have done this at the very beginning, but the social network came out in 2010 has a 7.7 on IMDb, which is kind of interesting. I feel like this would be rated one of the higher movies of all time, but it's not. Uh, as a Harvard student, Mark Zuckerberg creates a social networking site that would uh, become known as Facebook. He is sued by the twins who claim he stole their idea and by the co-founder who was later squeezed out of the business. It was directed by David Fincher, writers Aaron Sorkin, uh, based on the book The Accidental Billionaires by uh, Ben, I'm going to butcher this name, Mesrit, Mesrich, uh, stars Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, Justin Timberlake, uh, Rooney Mara, Anybody who went on to be famous probably was in this movie. Um, everyone's favorite uh, cannibal, Army Hammer, and yeah. then uh, allegedly, but not allegedly, and uh, Rashida Jones also has a really big role in this movie. And shout out to Brenda Song one time. <laughs> oh yeah, Disney Channel star Brenda Song, <laughs> just going for it. Uh, and then just never working again ever. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I thought this movie was rated R. It's rated PG-13. And uh, it made a pretty good amount of money on only a $40 million budget. $224 million uh, worldwide gross on a $40 million budget. Like I said, this was... Uh, it has a 95% on Metascore, on Metacritic. So that is one of the highest I think I've ever seen. It won uh, Best Writing by Aaron Sorkin best achievement in film editing and best achievement in motion picture original score for Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross which is crazy because that's just Nine Inch Nails winning Academy Awards and uh, it was nominated for best picture of the year best performance by Jesse Eisenberg David Fincher uh, best achievement in cinematography by by Jeff Cronenweth and best achievement in sound mixing as well but yeah it's uh, some would say it was snubbed. I like the King's speech. Maybe that's just like. All right, the yeah, theater. we gotta we gotta have the conversation. The King's is speech is it best picture. The King's uh, speech is good. I hadn't watched it until like a couple years ago for the first time. I was like, let me finally watch this movie so I can know what I'm talking about when I have this debate. But it's good. You can't you can't really knock it. It's it's well made and all that, but it's no social network, man. Like. It's not going to stand us at a time like this. Like, we're not going to, it's not, like Ted said, it's not something we're going to be thinking about 
we'll just have to like look up who won the Oscar over the social network one year and be like, oh yeah, it was King's speech. It was classic Oscar fodder. I mean, it was theater <laughs> nerd. It was, that's why I was like, I was big into theater and I was sitting there going like, oh, this is what acting is. And it does have incredible acting. Uh, and I think it has better acting than the social network, truth be told. But yeah, when you go back and you look at it, we're going to be like, oh, did social network not win best picture? <laughs> Just like one of those, like when Saving Private Ryan didn't win and uh, uh, Shakespeare in Love won. It's the same thing. Yeah, everybody's got to look it up and be like, oh yeah, Shakespeare in Love, that happened. Yeah, the um, I feel like for for me, if you in watching it again, it's in the Hall of the Mountain King that series of when they're rowing the uh, crew again in that competition in like London. That alone is like, all right, this is the best movie of the year. That, that was that, that's like a, a mic drop if there ever was one in the middle of a movie. Um, I do have a question for both of you though. I hope that that's appropriate. Um, oh, yeah. No. So in in, in the <laughs> no, current. In the the world that we know to, to exist now, would this movie be better if there were two vampires in it? Two vampires? <laughs> you mean meaning two? Uh, I mean, I'm just saying, would it be better? Like in in reality, if they were actual vampires, or if I'm just if, saying, if where's the, the plot headed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the Winklevoss twins, instead of you know going to lawyers or to the Harvard School president or whatever, they tried to suck his blood. If they literally went and tried to eat Mark Zuckerberg, and that was what the movie about, I, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, Vampire Hunter, the movie. <laughs> I mean, no, it, I think- it, it, it sells itself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just like you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. That, that the whole thing with Army Hammer, and definitely after this movie, and they've been trying for a decade to make Army Hammer a thing. He is, just looks like he should be a big movie star. I think that's what it is. Everybody just sees his face and it's like, yeah, that guy should like, I don't know, be doing multi-billion-dollar franchise movies or whatever and then he just plays the same old like rich arrogant white guy in every movie (laughs) yeah at the very least he should be getting like superhero roles and things in like the mcu but yeah i think that tells you something that he doesn't have a role as i was going to actually bring that up the fact that he doesn't have a role in the marvel cinematic universe it says something at the very least he should be chris evans obviously people know now he's a weirdo so throw that out the door but like yeah at the very least like yeah, yeah they Chris saw Evan. they saw henry cavill's audition for superman and they were like yeah we like this guy better than Arnie <laughs> it's so and shout out to the guy i didn't know that it wasn't a twin for forever that's how dumb i am i was just like wait it was what did you call it? The best, uh, the best. It's the best uh, fake twin role since the Parent Trap. Like, there's no other comparison that comes close. It's Army Hammer and Lindsay Lohan, the only two fake twins ever exist. Which, by the way, they're a match made in heaven. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All right, we sorry, I have to rail this too far. No, no, no. <laughs> we need exact- that movie though. We need the movie where, Clo- like, I don't remember what her name is, Hallie and whatever. They meet. Need- <laughs> the Winkle Foss Six foot five and there are two of me. Just like the fakest deep voice of all times. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite like scenes in this movie. I 
God, I love that scene so much. Also, how different would the world be if instead of like going through all the shit that they went through, they really did just hire the Sopranos to beat the shit out of Mark Zuckerberg with a hammer? Like, what? <laughs> how different is the world now? Uh, well, half the memes, half the fake memes that you see wouldn't be <laughs> spread around. So there's that. But you know, who know? Who's to say? Uh. So yeah, this has a real quick. This has a ninety-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty-six percent audience score. I think critics definitely do like this movie more than I feel like people do, surprisingly. But uh, or hold it in high regard. I think it's gonna still take a little bit of time for people to be like, oh yeah, that was that was the movie of that decade, two thousand ten. Man, it just incredible work flawless for being honest we are at the very end of this just so you know gonna rate um best mid-2000s websites by the way so that's gonna be fun the thing about this movie is that for me just mark zuckerberg isn't like this we know from capital here we know from hearings in front of congress that this guy is just not... I think Jake called him his least favorite robot. <laughs> Shout out to Jake. So, like, it's... It, from hearings in front of Congress, we know that... is, And it's a brilliant portrayal by Eisenberg, but it, it just seems inaccurate now that we know what that guy is. And shout out to Mark Zuckerberg for just uh, not... what you, He should not have been the head of his company still, just... You do not need to be the public face of your company. You don't have to. You have ninety billion dollars. You yeah, don't have he to. He should have given that role off to somebody else years and years and years ago. Because, like we said, he is—he's a robot. He's just strange. He feels inhuman. Like watching him talk or make videos. It's like somebody trying to imitate what they see other humans do. Hold on, I got a video for you. Like slightly failing. Like he's almost there. He's like ninety percent of the way there, but it's like <laughs> that last ten percent is just Forg- missing. It's something forgot is so to upload. Forgot to upload the charisma mod. Uh, <laughs> didn't download it right. Hold on one second. All right. So this is the video that I shared earlier. Uh, gonna share the screen. This is the most natural, authentic video on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or him with the uh, smoked meats thing. Smoking meats. <laughs> uh, Ted, have you seen the picture of him on the um, uh, surfboard? Yes, I have. Not going to lie. That is the funniest photo on the internet. Anyway, enough about Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> but uh, about the movie, like, do you remember watching this for the first time? Like where, like, cause I don't know if I watched it in theater. Like, I just don't remember, but I remember being blown away by it when I eventually did see it. Yeah. I watched it in theaters for the first time. Um, I don't remember why my parents wanted to see that movie, but I was like, I mean, I got nothing else to do. I'll just go <laughs> watch this movie. And then I was like, Whoa, that was amazing. Oh my God. What about you, Ted? Yeah, I believe I I think I ended up seeing it twice in the theater. 
um, which is not, I don't do that for very many movies, but uh, it, it just stood out so much. I was actually really looking forward to it. I, I was uh, very interested in what was going on in that, like in that whole story. It happened, you know, like you, sometimes you catch that movie or that story that's happening, like right at the time that you start decided to take a deep dive into it. Suddenly you're like, wait, they're making a movie or a TV show or something about, you know, like about this, mm-hmm. like that kind of happened for me with this movie. So um, I thought it was, yeah, it, it was definitely my, like really, really awesome to see. I remember just like, even from the get go, that initial opening sequence uh, in the, in the bar with the back and forth conversation between Zuckerberg and um, I'm blanking Erica. on her name. Yeah. Eric, yeah. Erica. And it just, it's just so, it, it so encapsulates everything that's going on uh, for both of the, for particularly Zuckerberg, but for like, you kind of look at Erica as the outside world looking in on this movie. And then you've got, uh, Zuckerberg being like, no, there's something different. I'm gonna like do this and kind of achieve it at all costs. She is, and she. It's a very good choice by Sorkin to write her in, like, because I don't know if she's a real person. Um, but it was a very good choice by Sorkin to write in somebody that was like the audience's conscience. I guess she's yeah. kind of the barometer for how you're supposed to feel about this guy and now with a 2020 like in tw- in 2010 sort of the stuff that he writes about her and the way that he treats her and how he goes about handling relationships and stuff it all kind of is played off in the background but now in hindsight looking at it like she's very accurate about everything that she says and how she handles the whole situations within this film you know and basically said like you're gonna die alone is basically what how he treats how she treats him and it is sort of a interesting character to put into the movie um, Yeah, for sure he kind of we were talking about how mark zuckerberg just kind of feels like not quite all the way normal like he seems kind of off and they do that they set up that same kind of thing in this movie in the opening scene just in a different way like he he seems to just lack empathy instead of just lacking like the ability to connect with people like he does in real life. But you know, Mark Zuckerberg, it's like, or Jesse Eisenberg's performance. He just feels like, wow, you're not, you really didn't learn how to like be a person who like cares about other people's feelings or Mm -hmm. like takes anything into account other than, you know, just what you want in the moment right there. And obviously that whole thing kind of plays off in the rest of the movie. Uh, you know, so it's just really cool how they set up just extremely quickly. This is who this Mark Zuckerberg is. And then he is that all the way through the movie. And it just like builds and builds and builds. And they make him extremely cold, too, yeah. which I don't know if he is in real life or not or whatever. I mean, we're talking about the movie and not necessarily his real life, but like they make him extremely sort of. Uh, yeah, cold is basically the word that I would use for just a it. Dick. Just yeah, just an asshole. He's an asshole in sucks. The, within the movie, but um, someone you wouldn't hang out with in real life. And it's a very interesting way of going about going about going about that. The um, the thing that is interesting, Ted, and you said like you were de- de- digging deep into it when it came out. This came out relatively quickly. When Facebook was still coming, 2010, Facebook hadn't even reached its, or was reaching sort of its peak. And I guess that's tough to say because more and more people are being added on Facebook every single day. But it, 
you know, I had just joined Facebook in what I said, 2009. And this comes out in 2010. That's such a strange how quickly it, it's like if somebody came out with the the GameStop movie about the Wall Street stuff next year. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, I feel like they've done stuff. Like, what, what was that movie that um, that Clint Eastwood directed just a couple of years ago? That was about the the those terrorists on the train. They, they used the actual mm. soldiers. I'm like, oh yeah, that was I like what that, it's called. It's yeah. like quick, quick, quick too. I feel I feel like the the oh, the whole. The hilariousness of like capitalism jumping in so quickly to make a buck off of this. Yeah. Talking talking about capitalism in this instance is really interesting. It's it's so crazy to me how quickly that this has turned around and and yeah, and just how old everyone was and everything and at the height of their powers. But this plays out kind of like a Fincher crime thriller. But nothing happens. Like we've been saying saying this entire time. It's a movie where nothing really happens. People get rich. Mark Zuckerberg loses a little loses friends and loses a little bit of money. But I think the implication is is that we all know how big this thing is. And I think that's an interesting thing going into a movie is knowing knowing what you're actually watching in real time. And that's kind of interesting. Because you don't get like, you get that in retrospect with like war movies and things like that. Like, like I said, Saving Private Ryan. Like, you know how big of a deal D Day was and everything. Like, not comparing the two, but it's the only time you get retrospective on something on a historical event that you have sort of a, I don't know what the term is, a ten thousand foot view on or whatever. But yeah, it's weird how like we all watch this movie and like obviously it's a biopic so at the end they give you like the and they all went on to do blah 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 right and it's like uh, yeah we know what mark zuckerberg went on to do like we're literally going to go home and get on facebook and talk about watching this movie like we're still very actively a part of all of this Mm -hmm. i don't know what do you think about the performances in this because i mean obviously we've talked about eisenberg a little bit it's a very interesting betrayal i think it's unfortunately i think he's sort of been just he's just now mark zuckerberg unfortunately and this is kind of who he is in films but just talking a little bit faster and a little bit more cold i think that's kind of who he's become but i don't know you you had the thing though dex with uh he played eduardo um Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. You have the thing with him where you saying like, <sighs> my man, he should have been able to do so much more than what he he's gotten to do post social network. Like he's a genuinely good actor, and he got stuck with those really shitty Spider Man movies, The Amazing Spider Man, The Amazing Spider Man Two stink. You know, so that was supposed to be like his rocket ship, I guess, into stardom, and it flopped. But you know, we really don't see any other like prestige projects for Andrew Garfield. He's not, he failed with the, you know, the big mainstream box office stuff. So it's just unfortunate that we just never got it all to come together for Andrew Garfield. And then it's the same thing with, you know, all some of the other characters in this movie too. Like Brenda Song, you know, we were all like, oh, wow, the girl from Sweet Life is Zack and Cody who just played like the idiot. Like, oh, wow. She's like in this really good prestigious movie. Like she can do so much more now. Blowing some guy in a bathroom stall. Crazy. Yeah, and then she just never did really anything else that anybody cared about. 
Timberlake, he, we were like, oh, wow, Timberlake can actually act a little bit. This is cool. Maybe he'll do something else. And he did End Time, which we are the leading podcast in mentioning the movie End Time. I feel like we bring it up every single week for some reason, but... Yeah, there was I, a moment though, and Ted, I don't know if how you feel about Timberlake's performance. It there, I think it's a lot to do with an Aaron Sorkin script and a David Fincher director. And David Fincher, historically known for doing like thirty takes on a scene, um, sometimes to the detriment of his actors and his crew. But it is by far the best that Justin Timberlake has ever been on film. And he's been in several movies now. There was a moment in time that people were like, yeah, Justin Timberlake's going to be the next actor-musician crossover. What do you think about his performance? Yeah, so it's interesting that you bring him up. So I actually, in New York, interned with Jonathan Demme, who um, worked, this was in 2011, so this is all about the same time. Uh, He directed Silence of the Lambs. And um, he actually brought in Timberlake to get a screening on understanding his acting ability. So I've gotten the chance to meet uh, Timberlake right after all this, Justin Timberlake, after this happened. Uh, that is so cool. And uh, Light flex. Yeah. Light flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that wasn't the intent. I just, it just is interesting. No, no, yeah. I, know, I know that for a fact he got brought in to um, basically get screened for a role that Demi had the rights to at the time. Um, but uh, it, I think that that role ended up being played by James Franco, and it got picked up by Hulu. It was the Stephen King eleven twenty two sixty three. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but I know that Timberlake at one point was getting looked at potentially for a role in that film if it was going to be a movie versus a series. That was in production all the way back in twenty eleven. Well, he, no, Demi held the rights to it, so that was okay. that was the and so it basically got kicked around, and uh, then eventually uh, it got transferred. The rights got transferred, and Franco took over, I believe. So, I mean, like it's it's interesting that you've seen. I mean, because there's definitely there was a thing. It was like people were like, "Yeah, for he sure. should have been nominated for an Oscar." Maybe you know, it was. I don't know. What did you think about it? The overall performances of the actors and stuff, and especially, I guess Timberlake, because we've talked about Eisenberg. Yeah, I think so. I do think that Justin Timberlake did a good job, especially because I think there was some criticism I remember at the time about like, well, it just seems like he's playing Justin Timberlake. And like, that's kind of what he was supposed to do. Um, And so I feel like he did a really good job. I think overall, the best acting through and through in the movie is probably done by Andrew Garfield. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that you ever have a moment where that doesn't feel realistic or authentic. Um, And there's obviously several different moments where things are good. The the, throughout it's it's. I, I would actually probably agree with you, although I kind of hate conceding this, that the King speech acting is slightly, uh, slightly better, but I also feel like it required a little bit more given the circumstances. And so yeah. with this, the ensemble of nature of this, it just turned out so brilliantly that it's hard to like, it's hard to pick apart any like really like big flaw. Um, I do think that there's a couple of moments, you know, in the, um, what, what are the houses called? Sorry. The, uh, dorms no well they the, the clubs sorry the clubs um that they're the just that when they're hiding behind or not hiding behind whenever uh army army hammer and what's the other character's name like those interactions can be a bit campy oh mm-hmm. yeah the uh shit the finals clubs final yes clubs. thank you finals whatever they you. are Yes, exactly. Like some of those interactions, like from their side of things with between each other felt a little campy. And like, I know people who've been a part of whether it's a fraternity sorority or those types of clubs. And I'm like, that's a little over the top, but otherwise, yeah, it's just really hard to, to pick it apart. 
there are parts in this movie where I was like, ah, oh, that really does feel like college. And there, and then there are parts where are like, have it, has anyone ever been to college? There's a couple of parts like that where they, uh, you know, I can't really pick it out by name, but there's a couple of things where it's like, then you have to remember this movie was made, supposed to be based around 2004. And so things are just different. Yeah. Um, there were some things though, where I was like, yeah, you, when I was in college, which I, my freshman year was seven years ago now, which hurts, but ow, you know, ow. I know, right? When I was in college, if you go to college right now, like that face mash website is still popping off immediately. Like, yep. To this day. Do I feel proud about that? That I would participate in such a thing? No, I don't. But I got to be honest. I in 2013, like, still going down. Yeah, I would have definitely been on there voting and sharing that shit. Like, That's such a great scene, too, because it shows the juxtaposition. And, and with 2021 eyes, it also it feels even worse because, you know, you're sitting there going like, these poor women, that sucks ass. Because it's just like, you know, but you do have a point. Like, it's spread because it's just dudes in college. And that's a terrible excuse. But it is one of those things where it's just like, have you seen this website? Have you seen this website? There's girls on here. That's the whole thing. And it's such a great juxtaposition of how the guys are reacting to it versus how when the women find out that they're on it yeah. is incredible. They do, like... It's this thing again. It's great writing by it sets Sorkin. up like this version of Zuckerberg. Of Zuckerberg is like he's doing it because he knows some people will think it's kind of cool, so he really doesn't care like how the women feel about it. Like he doesn't care who he hurts in the process. He just wants to look kind of cool. It's the same thing with like stealing Facebook. It's the same thing with you know um, talking shit. <laughs> The, all these depositions or whatever it's the same thing with uh getting into a finals club he doesn't care how he has to do it or you know who he has who he hurts to get there people who he thinks are cool will think it's cool so he's just gonna do it anyway i will say this this is and i took so i took actually a lot of notes on this surprisingly i haven't taken notes in a long time but uh this is very much a sorkin script you can tell from the jump is very much a Sorkin script where they're just talking at each other and people have a little bit of a problem with Sorkin. Like, obviously he's great, but it is very much like, no, you do this. No, you do this. Now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to talk to you like this. Now it's just like, okay, okay, okay. Can we take a breath for a second? Yeah. I think with this, with this movie, it, it like, like you said, it's peak. Like it just, it works so perfectly. I feel like the story is low key enough. The characters are like the situations they're in are like simple enough that it all works. You get something like trial of the Chicago seven where everybody's doing the Sorkin thing and just talking super fast and they're in a court trial. It's like, okay, let's relax. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like you can't do that for every single situation. Like, but for this one, I feel like it worked out perfectly. What do you think, Ted? Ted, are you a Sorkin fan? Yeah, I think so. I think, or I, not not that I think so. I know I'm a Sorkin fan. I think the hard part sometimes, it's not like he hits every single time, but I feel like it's like people who get upset at Sorkin over time for like doing the same thing over and over again. It's like getting mad at LeBron for still being good at basketball. It's like, <laughs> it's like that's kind of how this 
plays out like this is the, like he had another triple double <laughs> shit <laughs> like why why would you get mad at sorkin for leaning into what he's good at doing you know um and sometimes it's like sometimes it's good sometimes you know lebron wins wins the ring sometimes he doesn't but uh i, I feel like that's the best way to kind of surmise like my feelings towards Sor- sorkin I, i'm glad that I, not every film is written by him but i'm also glad that he makes movies a very good point yeah. uh, there is it's i mean this is the same guy and it couldn't have been given to a better person to write because it's the same guy that cut his teeth for sure on courtroom drama and you have to make if you're going to make this movie which like we said it's a deposition and i don't know how the book is um written uh it may be kind of written a little bit more but i guarantee you it's not as fast-paced as a Sorkin script, I, I just guarantee you, and the nobody would be able to make this more entertaining than Sorkin. Which, you know, the one thing that everybody's seen from Sorkin, unfortunately, is the newsroom thing, where a guy's just listing off statistics about why America isn't the best country in the world. And that's sort of what this movie is. It's like, how much were your shares diluted down to? this how much were you should like why do we care because it's the beats are there the rhythm is there and then all of a sudden it just hits you with oh shit he just lost so much money <laughs> and that's why we care and it's so interesting that the rhythms work in that way we got to talk about the score though we don't normally talk about the score about movies but once in a lifetime or not once in a lifetime once every couple of decades you get a score like a Star Wars or like an Indiana Jones, like John Williams or uh, Harry Potter or Hans Zimmer with Inception and things like that, that just sticks at you. The, the basically scraping against the guitar that, and the dun, dun, dun. I mean, that's a terrible <laughs> portrayal of it, but it is one of the things that you know it when you hear it. you're like social network. I so good. It is yeah. incredible. It might be one of the best that I think I've ever heard. Yeah, I feel like eventually we're going to all have to disagree on something. But uh, for now, like it, it is. It's so good. It's hard to like find a fault with what they did with, with that soundtrack. I feel like I've done more work to that, that soundtrack than maybe any other soundtrack that's out there. Uh, and th- th- that initial one, I think they titled it Hand Covers Bruise. It's just like you hear that and immediately I can see what's happening on screen. And also it feels like if you like ever listen to that, like on a walk or anything, it immediately, it like immediately elevates everything going on around you. Yeah, you're in a movie now. Listening to <laughs> yes. I love I love scores like that. And you first hear that soundtrack, that score when he's basically walking through the quad of going back to his dorm room. And it's just a dun, dun, and you just like, OK, what's happening? And he's just going to his dorm room. It made Harvard looks so fucking cool. Like you, if you actually go to the Harvard campus, it's like everything looks pretty old as shit. Like it's nice, but looks like an old college. It's like an old college. But watching this movie, it's like holy shit. Harvard is like the place to be. This is the coolest shit ever. Like everything is happening. Wow, what a time to be alive. Look, look at where we are. <laughs> Not to mention. Uh, Ted, that's one of the one of the first hype videos I think I ever saw from you was uh was had that score on it. 
Yeah, I think I've used it uh, more than once in different settings <laughs> for sure. But I definitely, I think that 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 was the hype video that actually started my whole hype video thing. Um, mm-hmm. For I don't know if anyone even cares to know that, but yeah, that, oh, we, we're to, a Baylor podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah, so basically, yeah, the, the very first one that went. I actually, actually, it's not actually true, but the first one that I think went more mainstream outside of Baylor too um, was that, uh, I, hey Baylor, let's do this. And yeah, the blackout one. Yeah, and it's it started off with this um, the song and scrubby little Baylor to start, and then it was off to the races. And yeah, the, I mean, it just like not to interrupt, but the, the score is like, I. And especially the like, kind of the remix of especially the um, the race scene to the remix of that song. Yeah. That scene, we've talked about it. You talked about it a little bit. I feel like so many filmmakers have tried to copy that scene for better or for worse. Yeah, and I, I think others had tried it before and just hadn't hit the, the beat. It's like... I, yeah, you're onto something there. It's like someone had tried it, hadn't gotten there, and then we see it, and now we're, we're hoping we see other people do it. I'm with you. Yeah. Nothing happens again. Nothing happens. They lose a race. Yeah, a race I, that I, doesn't matter to you, the viewer. Really, it doesn't matter to the story at all. Like, there's no, there's no real point to having it there. It's just so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is, and I, I mentioned it just going off my notes. It, it feels like a Fincher crime thriller because of the way that we know what Fincher, because Fincher's done seven. He did Fight Club. He did, you know, Girl with the Dragon's Had too. That we, I mean, this came after that movie, but so much of Fincher is dark, brooding, uh, surrounded by a crime, surrounded by a mishap or what have you. It just feels like something bad is going to happen the entire time. Yeah, it feels like we're on our way getting to the bottom of something, but we're not quite sure like what it's going to be. Like, we're not figuring out a murder or something like that. We're mm-hmm. figuring out why is Eduardo suing Mark now? What the hell happened? And you know, then we get that. You know, shares diluted scene, and it's like, oh shit. Uh, yeah. I mean, nothing happened. Like, who cares? His shares got diluted, whatever. But like, the way the movie sets it up, and then the like you mentioned, the way the beats hit in that movie, in that scene, it's like, oh my god, his shares <laughs> got diluted. What, yo? Yeah, I don't. In it, the the biggest thing that this movie does, really quickly, the biggest thing that this movie does is really make you care that uh, about billionaires. Yeah, I mean, Eduardo Saffron, I guess he like... He has $2.4 billion. He moved to... He's worth billions. He moved to Singapore to avoid paying his taxes. But yes. it's like, wow, poor little guy got screwed. Wow. I mean, when you look at it and it's like Sean Parker, who didn't do it, it, it according to this movie, didn't do anything, which I don't know if it's true or not. But Sean Parker, who didn't do the half the stuff that Eduardo did to help found Facebook get 7% and then the guy gets 0.03% which is still more money than I will ever have uh, um, which is crazy to think and you feel bad about that it's an incredible testament to the filmmaking because you're like, oh man that guy got uh, poor little that Eduardo, billionaire man yeah, that, yeah. that billionaire got screwed 
Yeah, you've got your like means to an end guy, which is you know Zuckerberg, and then Eduardo is like, I'm just trying to run a business here, and then you've got Sean Parker who really just wants to throw a party. Like that's really all he wants to do. And so it's interesting that you can find ways to relate to all those characters and feel for them in certain ways. Because you even feel for Mark Zuckerberg in moments in this movie. It's so well written. Well, especially towards the very end when after Eduardo, you know, breaks his laptop and and they have that falling out. And then he kind of looks at his card and after Sean Parker gets arrested for cocaine and he's looking at his card and it says CEO bitch. And he's like, oh, it was kind of a moment and it's a great performance by Eisenberg on look on his face is like oh what have I done like that sort of thing and then it just it basically ends and with Rosita Jones delivering a great line of you're not an asshole you're just trying really hard to be is and then you're just kind of like ouch I feel bad for the guy kind of because it doesn't seem like he has any friends okay I think I found the first thing that we disagree on because I did not feel bad for Zuckerberg at the end at all. <laughs> really? <laughs> I took the... Hey man, I mean, to each his own. Yeah, I mean, there's a I reason the, not to. The scene with the CEO bitch card, I took it entirely differently. I was like, this is fucking Michael Corleone just like realizing, yeah, I just pulled off the fucking coronation murders. Like I set up... Oh, you think he set up Sean Parker and stuff Absol- like that? I mean, in the in terms of the movie's universe, absolutely. It feels like he did. He definitely is the one that called the cops on that party. I mean, I don't know like how much of that is based on real life, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like watching the movie, yeah, my man called the cops. He knew that they I were going to be in I didn't interpret it that way. He knew they were going to be in there with the coke, with the underage girls, like he was like, yep, I'm not going to that shit. I'm going to sit here, call the cops, get all my fucking money, get Sean Parker out of here. I really did not. Ted, what do you think? Because I didn't interpret it that way at all. I thought it was like, I thought it was like, I got rid of my only real friend to yeah. side with Sean Parker. I, you know, got these, C- I'm CEO bitch cards that he said would work would make me cool and it wasn't really all worth it is i that's what i interpreted it as i don't know but that's a good point yeah i think i'm with you Royden. i don't i don't know dex if i'm i if that i mean maybe if you're like really pushing some limits with the the retrospective that we have on zuckerberg and the way that he's viewed in light of everything that's happened since then but i don't know i i i feel like he, there, there there was a moment there where basically sorkin and fincher are trying to humanize him a bit to wrap up this thing towards the end of the movie. Yeah, I can, I can but it doesn't mean you too. have to feel, it doesn't mean you have to feel bad, like, feel bad for him. I totally understand no. if, if you're like, no, I don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, and Rashida Jones said the line about like, it's a speeding ticket or whatever. Like just pay him. You're incredible. Gonna be, incredible. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be worth billions, like whatever, who cares? So I was just kind of like, I was feeling like, he's like, yeah, whatever <laughs> i'll just give them x amount of millions of dollars or whatever they'll do whatever with it but still my company i'm like i'm good it's fine just the, <laughs> i keep thinking of the dave Chappelle thing where he's talking about the rap song oh shut the fuck uh, <laughs> i just keep thinking of where he just he, he has that kind of money and this the speeding ticket line is incredible i i wrote that down at the end of the movie because it is true even i mean 
I think what he probably cared about the most is Eduardo getting his name back on the masthead is yeah. probably what he cared about more than the 2.5 billion in shares that Eduardo had to be issued or the 65 million. He probably cared more about the 65 million that the Winklevosses were paid for than that. And excuse me. And he, the speeding ticket line is is so underrated because it's it's so true knowing now how much money this guy is worth. And I can't get over it because it's such it's such a true story in that fact where it's like we still have to we're in this we're in this movie rooting for billionaires to fail or succeed. In the end, they've all won. So it doesn't it's such a weird thing that this movie does. Yeah, knowing Facebook is worth like seven hundred billion dollars or whatever it is now, it's like Damn, it really was just a speeding ticket. Like, none of that shit matters at mm-hmm. all. Well, and now you have the Winklevoss twins who are, like, heavily invested in the forefront of Bitcoin. And I've heard that's not doing too shabby at the moment. So oh, they, yeah. they may be totally worth more terrible. than Zuckerberg sooner rather than later. I think Bitcoin's trading on Robinhood at $33,000 $33, a coin. Yeah, Let's see. Man. Bitcoin right now Insane. is currently... $38,819 a Bitcoin. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I invested in Dogecoin, so uh, there's that. To the moon. To the Taking <laughs> it to the moon. Invest, I got 1,000 shares of Doge at two cents. We're going to take this thing to the moon. I joke, but I have made like 50 bucks off of that initial investment, so that's actually <laughs> kind of cool. Um, let's say, I, okay. I can't get over the Justin Timberlake thing because I'm sitting here and the more that I drink uh, I watching this movie and the more that I've had tonight, I'm sitting here going, Justin Timberlake's just in this prestige film. And he plays like an important part. And he, he does Sexy well. back Justin Timberlake <laughs> is in this movie convincing Mark Zuckerberg to move to California and doing cocaine and being just a real scumbag. And we're just like... <laughs> Yeah, I got it. I get, yep. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's initially shocking, though, when he first kind of appears on screen and you're just like, wait, 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 what? Yeah, no, I remember. I remember there was actually. I don't. I wish I could take credit for writing this line. I also slightly disagree with it because I thought he was good in the role. But it was something like, just like the only thing that Sean Parker added to Facebook was dropping the the. That line was the only thing that Justin Timberlake brought to the movie. And I was like, ouch. But uh, yeah, it is crazy that it, – and it maybe it doesn't seem as crazy now. I mean, he hasn't been in a ton and like most of the stuff has been like trolls and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, apparently so, Palmer's <laughs> decent. The The Palmer movie that came out is on Apple TV is pretty decent and stuff like that. Sorry to interrupt. But yeah. yeah no, yeah, no. Yeah, just, he's, been, he's been in flops. Like Trouble with the Curves suck. Like, yeah. You know. But it's but like it at the time it was like they cast who, and mm-hmm. why, uh, so yeah I don't know it is it is weird to see uh, to see his face, you know it's almost like I don't know um, if you know you run into a movie where like someone like a cameo happens in the latter half it's not quite as strong as this one because he comes up sooner. But like at the end of uh, 1917, that mo- the war movie that came out a couple years ago, there's like oh, yeah. m- some major like cameos at the end that I'm like, wait, what's happening? Is the movie like just starting? Did I miss like why? Did-? Like, uh, 
the British Avengers show up, and you're just yeah, like, oh, right. shit. every yeah. famous British person is here. What's happening? Yeah. You're like, is the movie now starting? Like, what's go- what's going on? Um, it it wasn't to that level, but it easily could have been uh, if it wasn't for the fact that his performance is good. Or it yeah. could have been like the weekend being at Uncut Gems, where you're just like, dude, why the <laughs> fuck is this happening? <laughs> Forgot about the weekend being at Uncut Gems, where they just like get in a fight. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, he just fights over Julia Fox in the club. Like, thanks, Which, The weekend. Thank you, The weekend. Um <laughs> That dude's performing it, in the Super Bowl tomorrow. What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it, I think, I think the guy that played Sean Parker had to be sleazy. And, of course, they try to make him out almost like a paranoid schizophrenic. Like, he's not schizophrenic, but a paranoid person where people are out to get me and... You know, that's kind of the kind of people that Facebook makes now. Well, you know, <laughs> yes. But the uh, the thing with the thing with that is it's very interesting that, that they had that, though, through the lens of very handsome, very attractive Justin Timberlake being supposed to be in the sleazeball. I think if he was a little less good looking, the performance would have been even better. But because he's so good looking, like the the paranoid doesn't come off. It's just kind of like they're out to get me. We're like, yeah, yeah, they are. It makes sense. I think him being good looking is part of what you know, like convinces you, the viewer, that it's definitely what they're going for. Mark Zuckerberg should listen to that guy. He's cool. He fucks. (laughs) Guy's gotten laid before. We don't talk about enough about Napster though. How much? that change but there is a line in here about when when uh zuckerberg is talking to the winkle bosses for the first time is he said oh you designed oh a music that pair or an app that pairs sorry an app a website that pairs your music interests and finds songs that you like so zuckerberg before he even came to harvard and he put out spotify for free (laughs) yeah i mean we talk about Napster a lot, but or we don't talk about it enough, but we just that part is glanced over in the movie where he's just like, yeah, I, I basically admitted what Spotify is. Which Sean Parker actually happens to be invested in, believe it or not. I I can't believe that Sean Parker's not in jail. <laughs> nah, he's just just a billionaire, just thriving. Yeah, um, living life. But I don't, okay, Ted, do you remember when, when did you graduate, uh, Baylor? Uh, 20, well, I was in class 2012, but I graduated in December of 2011. Okay, I was going to say, because there's a slight line in this movie for all of our Baylor fans, <laughs> Baylor is mentioned in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. It actually, I remember it was like written about in the Lariat, um, which, uh, yeah, this is def- that's definitely deep cuts from the Baylor side of things there to bring up the Lariat, but... Um, yeah, they had the whole thing, and they were so excited about us getting mentioned in, in this movie. I remember my sister, who graduated, I think, 2008. She came home to like in 2006 or seven. was like, oh, it was on Facebook. We're like, excuse me, what? <laughs> like, what is that? And that statement is so dated now. But it's so crazy that Baylor was one of the first ones in Texas. And eventually they were like, they, uh, initially they were like, no. What? 
Yeah, well, I, I feel like that's like a classic people not knowing what's going on at the time. And then I will say that that strategy is like actually such a genius thing that they brought up in the movie to surround like an area and then like chip away. It's like a classic business strategy that happens. And like they were obviously doing it from this this like social hierarchy standpoint. And I thought that's super cool that they like brought that up. And it happens to be a Baylor related thing. So that's cool. It's so funny that Baylor is mentioned in this movie. But I I vividly remember my sister, uh, I think she graduated in 2008, it was like I said, but she she uh, she just coming home, just being like, yeah, it was on Facebook, or I met him through Facebook, I met my boyfriend, like, what are we talking about? Face. What is this website? <laughs> a book of, of faces, huh? What, what, like a yearbook? Like, what are, what is, what is this? It is so crazy to think that I just have that. I, it's like, it's like I would tell my kids that and it'd be the equivalent of my dad being like, we only had three channels. Like that was the, that's basically the equivalent. We we lived in a time when there was no Facebook or Facebook was only at like five colleges. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about like, one, how dumb simple Facebook was at the beginning compared to yeah. what it is now. I mean, I think all of us like have a little more a little different of a relationship than like the average person would with Facebook. Like Roy, I know you have to use it for work, like being part of the news. Yeah. Ted, they're your competitors. Me, like they're kind of like my lifeblood at my job. Like I'm in marketing and like my whole stick is marketing through Facebook. Like they are my lifeblood when Facebook goes down or like they have some shit like wrong with their, like the business side of their platform, like my actual job is fucked up. So like thinking about our like interaction with Facebook now compared to, Oh yeah. All my friends are on it. I want to see if this chick in my English class is single or not. It's like, damn, they've come so fucking far. Original Facebook was fun. Yeah. The whole thing. Well, and when it came out, it was still cool. You know, uh, that's another thing that's lost when that when this movie came out facebook was still the place to be online uh yeah, yeah it's like now my grand my great grandfather who was 101 before he passed away had a facebook i swear dang i, I mean i believe you no it's just a thing just you just had one if you wanted to keep if you want to keep up with people now and it's just like oh i haven't spoken to my high school i haven't spoken to my high school friend in 10 years I bet I can find them on Facebook. Yeah. It, their their level of ubiquity is just insane. Like, it's just part of how we all live life. Now. Like, you just can't separate it from the rest of the way we live life now. But for them, it was just, like, this cool little small thing just for Harvard.edu emails. Which, you know, in retrospect, just sounds kind of awful, to be honest with you. It's like, like imagining Facebook, but it's like only people at my relatively small college are on here. Like, no, I don't want that. (laughs) No. I did write their relationship status is revolutionary. And they even talk about it, even talk about it in the movie where Brenda Song's like, why are you single on your Facebook page? game changed in that moment ruining relationships for decades that was like why are you single oh it, and the fact that it has a it's complicated 
Well, who thought of that? Some scumbag <laughs> worked at yeah. Facebook. Just like, hmm, hmm, I don't know. Okay, we got to talk about it really quick, and then we'll move on to websites and stuff. But uh, I got a couple more notes. What do you think about the Winklevoss's IP suit? Because do they have a point? I mean, obviously they won. They settled. Uh, do they have a point? Or are you like Mike Zuckerberg? If you wanted to invent Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. What do we think? Dex, you go first. <laughs> okay. Uh, I get why they're mad. And I get why <laughs> they got millions or billions or whatever they got. Like, I get it. Because, hey, man, you were supposed to be building a website for us. And then you just didn't. And built another website that's, like, kind of similar. But also, it's like. Yeah, guys, y'all's little shitty idea. I took it and I made it. It's like that scene in Mad Men where uh, Don Draper's talking to what's her name and she's like, you stole my idea. And he's like, you had a kernel of an idea. I made a commercial. Like, that's that's what the money's for scene. Yeah, like you had a kernel of an idea. I made an actual social network that is good and valuable and you can suck my dick. Like... (laughs) So, I would I would have to side with Zuckerberg on that one, but I I can see why they're mad. I would be mad if I were them too. Royden, what's your thoughts? Uh, I just I'm kind of with Dex because it, it, it like I get how IP law works, kind of like that. But there's also, I mean. There, this is the one thing where I, I don't side with Zuckerberg on the. Uh, Eduardo deposition and court hearings and things like that because guy got shafted out of a company that he funded basically from the ground up. But this where I'm like the the line of if your clients want to stand on my shoulders and call themselves tall, they have every right to do so, but it doesn't give them a uh doesn't give them the right to lie. That's the one time in this movie where I'm like, you know, that's a point. <laughs> but he did in the get just the seed of an idea from them. So that probably entitles him to a little compensa- compensation. But they didn't invent Facebook. They weren't even close. They were going to do a Harvard. They were going to do a Harvard thing that you could connect with. Uh other Harvard people in like fraternities or something like that. Yeah. They so, made like a, like a school project level. Yeah. idea, And he took it to, to it. everything else. That it became. Now, granted did his things init- just like start at Harvard and then they moved to like Boston college and Boston university and all that stuff. Yes. But there's a grander idea at play here than just they, what they literally wanted was, what was it called? What did they want to do? What was uh, Harvard Connection or whatever they called it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah so it's just. And could that have like, could they have sold that to the university and other universities and made a lot of money? Who's to say? Probably. But. If you wanted to invent a Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. It's kind of I kind of agree. It's, uh, it's shitty to say to side with Zuckerberg, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah, Ted. Yeah, well, it's such a complicated thing in terms of like letter of the law. Like, 
probably almost best to not litigate it because it sort of was. Um, and settling almost always means there's some implied guilt, especially in a situation like this. However, there's a, there's a, a really good quote that like I, I often like lean on in various other like settings, um, especially around work. And it's like, you know, strategy is a commodity and execution is art. And I feel like in this instance, it's a pretty good way that this has been lived out. Strategy, like what they've said that they're going to do is just, yeah, it's a commodity. Anyone can act, can have that. But what Zuckerberg does is actually execute it. It is art. And I think, and, and this is kind of what's interesting about just the, the way that his arc is in this movie, even if it doesn't play out as cleanly in real life, is it's very clear that like what uh, Zuckerberg or Jesse Eisenberg's character in this movie is like really trying to accomplish is like, I got to get to the end of this, like no matter what it is, because this is inevitable, not to quote Thanos, but just like, <laughs> well, this, I mean, this, he's about <laughs> as close as you get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but like, this is an inevitability that like the world's going to have this. And if like, we would have like dink and dunked around here and like made these little like one-off sales or didn't move to California or didn't make all these different moves, like we were just going to be behind. So there's some points to be made on Zuckerberg's side as well as like, if it wasn't for my leadership, this wouldn't be worth what it is anyway. So it's just such a fascinating thing whenever you think about it. And I think it's what makes for such a compelling movie. A very good point because uh, you see him searching for like, we got to get to the next, he's chasing that rabbit the entire movie. And it is kind of interesting where we end up where it's just like, it's unsettled because he's going to continue to chase it, even though his end goal was to keep it moving this entire time and get to be this, this huge thing. But that is a good point of him sitting there going, if we're like, he didn't even have time for Eduardo to like look for advertising agencies in New York. He's like, we got a two. We got to. We got to get with what's his face in Los Angeles. I forget even the first angel investor had his name pulled up, but he has a he has a meeting with him. We're doing that instead. So yeah, that's a that's a very good point. Um, any other thoughts on this movie? Let me see here. Um, I thought the uncanny valley at first with the twins was a little weird when they first. Uh, brought him in that was a little strange but we don't really have to talk about that um is bill gates actually in this movie was that bill gates what does a bill gates look alike what when when they first meet the when they first meet the girls they're at a bill gates um presentation oh yeah i don't know talking about the people that were on the the harvard facebook at, at first was uh like two Nobel Prize winners and a movie star. It's just a little bit of trivia. That movie star was probably Natalie Portman. Okay, so I just found out that was not not, not actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was down the rabbit hole there. Sorry. <laughs> Apparently, Dex was not too. Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dakota Johnson's just in this movie. Oh yeah. Shut yeah. Out. <laughs> Oh, this is that one. was the most Dakota Johnson comment I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, yeah, um, that's Dakota Johnson's way. <laughs> um, the the one of my favorite underrated moments in this movie that I had kind of forgotten about was the president of Harvard treating the Winklevosses like they were idiots. Dude, I, I had to text the group chat about that when I was watching this movie. I was like, can you imagine 
when the Olympics <laughs> tone, just talking down to students like that in their office. Holy shit. <laughs> I would feel, I wouldn't do anything. I mean, these guys had enough temerity and gall to just continue to feel entitled enough to continue with this thing. But if like the president of a university was like, this is stupid, go home. I'd be like, okay. You're wasting my time, you raggedy bitch. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the underrated part of the movie yeah when they they were i forget what they what he said but he was like uh oh he was like you signed the honor code with the university or whatever you don't with the university have a contract a with the other students he goes i don't know what that means that saddens me <laughs> 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 you piece That's of a- shit i can't believe you're in this school, you dumbass. Oh, my God. They, uh, from the jump, he was very hostile. But, yeah, that's a great part of this movie. All right. Ted, any other lasting thoughts on this movie? Do you... would Okay, wait. Sorry. One more question, and then we'll get wrap up. Uh, would you like a sequel, Ted? Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, if I get the same characters... And I get, well, you you throw in some new ones. Um, but I mean, who's, who's not here to watch someone portray Ted Cruz interrogating Mark Zuckerberg, (laughs) just things he just doesn't know about. I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to think of who plays Ted Cruz to interrogate uh, Jesse Eisenberg, but, uh, I have a feeling we're getting another Facebook movie in the next decade or two. That's for sure. I, I say all the time that I definitely want a Facebook sequel about I mean there's so many things you can make it about you can make it about like them buying Instagram like I watch a Fincher movie about that obviously like the whole 2016 thing uh, you can make movies about that you can make a movie about what just happened in the like last year with the section 230 hearings and all of that kind of stuff like there's so much content around Facebook like we we need more social network movies, and I want I want Eisenberg to keep playing Zuckerberg. But I mean, knowing now that he's not like that at all, we didn't really know Zuckerberg in 2010. But having to see him so much now, knowing he's not like what His Eisenberg portrayal. portrayed, I still want more Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg. I love it. I want more. The only I way mean, that I would like a sequel. Go ahead, Ted. No, just to say that there's 2.8 billion users of Facebook every month. So, like, there's so many stories oh, you can come up with. Oh, God. Um, the only way that I would like a another Zuckerberg-based Facebook movie is if Eisenberg, Fincher, and Sorkin are back. It's the only way. Because without that, it loses... It, I, there's a, there's also a thing too with this that it was in 2010 we talked about this way at the very beginning it's still it was still a novelty sort of and you said ted it was still cool and now it just holds such a different weight that i don't know if i want to watch it you know what i mean that's a fair take i get that it's such a there is like i don't i I don't know if I want to sit there and be like, oh shit, this really did ruin people's perceptions of reality and like cause election fraud. Like, I don't know if I want it. Like, it's just sad. Like, I don't know if I want to do it, but all that to say, if Eisenberg, Fincher and Sorkin would come back for it. Yeah. 
Yeah, you need a little bit of distance because like they made they made that movie Bombshell like in 2019 about like Trump and Megyn Kelly and the Fox News scandal and all that. And it was like, okay, yeah, we're still in this. This is a little weird. Like I don't don't love it. But I think once you get a little bit more distance than like what that movie had because they were they made a 2019 movie about some shit that happened in like 2015. But once you get a little bit further out than that and we're like on the other side of it, truly, I feel mm-hmm. like movies about the 2016 election and like all the shit that happened will be extremely good once we're like once <laughs> we're good. in a place where we can like look back on it and laugh a little bit, movies will be good about it. Yeah. Any lasting thoughts, parting thoughts? Then we'll do website draft. Before we do that, though, Ted, I do kind of want to pick your brand. You are our social network guy here. So, I mean, obviously, we've been talking about, you know, Facebook used to be cool. Now it's not cool. You work at the cool social network. So what's it like trying to be on that cutting edge now with so many other different things going on? I know you work or I know you used to work at least with like video and stuff on the platform. And obviously, that's like a big competitive thing right now every social network site has like video capabilities and stuff now so what's it like trying to be on that that cutting edge working at a social network now yeah i think it's a it's a good question and i you know it's 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 interesting just like looking back at this movie and like kind of understanding where i'm at now versus when i was in college and seeing this for the first time uh one of the things that's most interesting is like there's this you have to have this like really weird healthy balance of like how much what you do and how much you like create impacts people in their day-to-day life without getting this idea that like it's so important that it's like beyond anything else in existence because i think that what you'll find often and particularly in silicon valley and and this is not anything new and i'm happy to critique myself and my colleagues and stuff as well in in this regard where there's a lot of like importance placed on like what's happening because there is a lot of change and movement in the world that happens right as a result of decisions that are made so i think it's like first of all approaching every problem that way knowing and i and you know i i don't want to get here and start you know talking up uh i'm not going to try to defend zuckerberg necessarily here i'm also not going to like completely like demean him here or anything either and I, I, one of the things I've appreciated about the way Jack Dorsey has been doing a lot of stuff at Twitter, and this is by no means just, I'm not like getting paid. <laughs> I guess I'm getting paid to do this, but I'm not really like, I didn't have to, to, to share it. But I think that there is an, a level of, of humanity that's actually brought into, into the decisions. I'm sure people disagree. And like, I, I could go into defending that, like in little bitty details here and there. But ultimately, what's really interesting and fascinating to me about like the, the space I get to play in every day is is that like it's not like there are rules necessarily put in front of me all the time like a lot of times i have the opportunity to like think about something completely different and invent upon it there's like a culture of that that already exists um which is really really unique and fun uh it's a fun place to work and and be involved in that kind of stuff because you do have the ability it's not like this has been done before we don't have like any precedent it's not like 
companies have been able to like create this way that we can all have conversations instantly, like globally. I mean, it it won't be long. We know we're testing Twitter spaces where it might be that you're moving instead of doing this on YouTube, you'll be, you know, streaming it there. You're, you're live doing a one take pod in Twitter spaces. And, and and it's just fun to mess with that kind of stuff. And and to see how that involves, you could be doing it and you're like, Hey, this, someone wants to join. That'd be really interesting. And you never knew they were going to be joining your podcast and then they're on. And that's the kind of stuff that's going to, I think, come down the line. And you didn't have that before this, like there wasn't a lot of like free willing thinking because it's just so much more accessible to be, um, to forward thinking. But again, you have to always kind of come back to this like grounded reality of like everyone else's jobs and the things that people are doing are also very important. It's not like, I, I just like, I kind of get tired of seeing like this, like self-importance or like we're changing the world mantra. I don't know if either one of you have ever watched the the show Silicon Valley, but it's, yes. it's such, it's so fantastic. It's such a good parody. And, and I catch myself at times acting in some ways, like some of the ways that some of the talk that happens there, unfortunately we're all remote now and I don't get food in the office anymore, but that, that all, every scene that happens in the cafeteria there in, in Silicon Valley is really, really funny to me because it, it, feels pretty real the first couple of seasons of that show are elite television and it's pretty on the nose i feel like i mean i'm not a silicon valley guy but just from what i've seen it, it yeah feels pretty accurate but the the thing that you have to realize with social media and yes like especially facebook like you said 2.8 billion people are on it so it does affect half of a population you know not even half but like it affects a huge portion of the population it like at some point you still got to go to like what whatever happens on social media you got to go to work <laughs> you got to go you know you got to feed your kids right you know, like the, the self-importance of people especially and, and not for nothing on your website and i'm active dex and i are the most active people on twitter where it's just like man whatever's happening on here is the most important thing that's going on right now no like, right you know, like people on social media like to think that they're, it's the most important thing that is happening in the world. And I feel like that the, uh, in the context of the movie, it does a really good job. And I don't think they knew that they were doing this at the time and making people obsessed with this thing that it's now in your pocket. But the the and I tap away, literally, um, I don't think they knew that they were doing that within the confines of this movie. And, and I don't even think in 2010 when they were making this movie and Sorkin was writing the script that he knew where this would go from here. It's still, it doesn't hold a candle to everybody's everyday life of, I got to put food on the table and I got to still go to work in a doesn't matter what somebody wrote or said on it just does not matter right and that's such a weird thing that we are in right now in life just doesn't matter yeah really i don't know it's tough to say that because then i'm gonna go on twitter and somebody's gonna say something i don't like and i can you fucking believe but like i don't know and you're you're one of the blue tech people so you like yeah. you matter way more than the rest of us I'm yeah exactly us. my thousand followers really uh <laughs> drive the conversation yeah I, I can't believe that you survived the debadging you know that that happened last month <laughs> oh the debadging there, there, there was, was a debadging yeah, yeah though there was a few people because there was a few people that lost there there was like people complaining about it it wasn't like a ton of people it was just it happened yeah there's a few people if anybody needs to be debadged it's me <laughs> i just ask people like what they want for shipley's and canes like that's what like <laughs> 
I'll never forget so, that day though when like all the verifieds got shut down because of the hackers or whatever. So Royden couldn't tweet. <laughs> I couldn't tweet. <laughs> Royden was the only like Royden's the only verified person that I actually like know. So <laughs> just getting texts from him like, guys, I can't fucking tweet right now. <laughs> I had to go on our podcast Twitter and be like, I yeah, this is how I'm looking at Twitter right now. But yeah, it's verified (laughs) means nothing for me it means my tweets show up on like google faster than some people's tweets when i tweet about sports so ted one more question that i have i have no idea what level of insight you'll be able to give us just because you know it's i'm so excited about where this is going (laughs) you know we just gotta ask what was it like working at twitter while Trump got banned. <laughs> I mean, you asked. Um, I'm going to defer you to our policy page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair man. enough. Fair enough. I, I fair enough. It. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was All right. one of the greatest days in in Twitter history, in my opinion. I want to applaud you personally for whatever little sway you might have had in that opinion or like that discussion which i'm sure was very little but like just just what a day just thank you for that gift to me personally i felt blessed but it's like shut the fuck up we're making that decision yeah we'll we'll move off of it but you know what what a day what a time ted thank you for coming on what's your at where can people find what you're working on uh obviously at twitter <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, yeah you can give me a follow at ted vid um that's short for video. Uh, I, I you can also give, give a follow to the at art house handle. Um, I work for the Twitter art house team, um, basically just helping brands with their ads. I lead our production team globally, uh, which is super fun and super cool. So a lot of nerdy stuff about ads, merging research and creative in that regard. And so you'll if you're following me on Twitter, it's going to be basically uh, Baylor Sports, some advertising and video work uh, and discussion something random of course and then naturally you know got to talk a little bit about film so um so so that's that's what you'll find there hopefully i'll see you guys around thanks for having me on really appreciate it It was fun just to to hang out and talk about the social network um obviously in the future um i'll try to have more answers for you on difficult questions (laughs) dex well there's uh, uh, there's there's a couple things you thanks Uh, for coming on man we appreciate it yeah thanks good luck with your draft appreciate it thank you all right that was ted vid thank you to ted vid for coming on ted harrison for coming on talking about twitter talking about all things social network that movie that was probably the most in-depth conversation that we've had about a movie in a long time yeah and i think yeah i mean we all called it what like triple a and flawless like that's easily the most we've ever liked a movie for oh for sure yeah it is incredible such a good movie um so because we don't have multiple people on this we're gonna do a list of our top five uh it's not gonna be a draft we're gonna do a list of our top five mid 2000s and it okay i want to say this it could probably be founded in the 90s but like reached its peak for us in the mid 2000s so like 2004 to 2010 we'll call it that Okay, let's do it. 
And it could be founded in the 90s, but it's still, we know what we're talking about. All right, what's your number five? So number five, I got to go with a computer lab classic, coolmathgames.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. When you finish your little computer lab assignment a little earlier than the rest of the class, you need something to do. Just hop on cool math games. Play some like bird on a wire or whatever. Bird on a wire. <laughs> I used to love that website, man. Oh my god. Um, what was uh? God, man, I hadn't thought about that. In that, just unlocked a core memory that I didn't even. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, let's see. My number five. <sighs> let's see here. I got to go with Snopes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Snopes was one of the ones that was like not blocked in our high school of like stuff where you could just randomly search stuff. Mm -hmm. And and it was before Snopes was actually used as an actual uh, as an actual like fact checker for the president. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was used as like, did Bigfoot exist? No. Like it was just that. But it was incredible to go and, and search up conspiracy theories and stuff on Snopes when you're in high school. But yeah, uh, Snopes is my number five. All right, my number four. You know, this was pretty much my only foray into like the MMO games. And I found out my little brother still actually uses this website to this day. RuneScape. Oh shit! <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, RuneScape. I, they, it's still, it's like, it, I mean, it was. Um, what's the game that everybody plays now? Um, people are gonna yell into their. Oh, Minecraft is Minecraft before Minecraft. Exactly. It. It was free to play. Like after school, just hop on to my little MMO with my little friends. Like. Not a care in the world. Graphics shitty as fuck. Fucking I'm a winner, awful. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it, people still play. Yeah, you're saying people still play that game to this day. Um, RuneScape. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm kind of going down the... Uh, oh, okay. I got to go number four. It was founded in 95, but this reached its peak, and people are going to call me a deviant but it was one of the first things with like flash videos r.i.p uh to flash new grounds i saw y'all talking about this in the group chat it's, the other day i had no idea what it was okay it's a very white website <laughs> it, i mean I'm, like it, it's just a very like e3 not that that exclusive to white people but i uh I only knew white people that would go on new grounds. That's and randomly, not for nothing, just porn. There's just porn on there for some <laughs> reason. For some reason, you have to search for it. But like when you found that out, there's just porn on new grounds for it's a website for flash videos for kids like Badger, Badger, Badger and stuff like that. Oh, um, but there's just like porn games on there for some reason. But you know, people are gonna call me a deviant. But new grounds was peak for everybody in high school if i remember <laughs> or in junior high 
New Grounds. I yeah, I missed that one entirely. So yeah. y'all were talking about it in the group chat. I was like, I don't know what the fuck. That is. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. Never um, heard of it. My number three. What can we do here? I'll be honest. I didn't really like. Listening. We didn't prepare. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. we were gonna go for a draft, but anyway. Doing a quick Google. Oh shit. Yeah, let's go with askjeeves.com. <laughs> Even more so than Google? Dude, yeah. Because, I mean, Google, we still use Google, obviously. They, like, run half the world or whatever the fuck. Like, <laughs> So, I don't really consider Google, like, a 2000s website. But I just yeah. felt so cool going to askjeeves.com in school. Like, I'm doing my research paper with askjeeves. Fuck Google. Okay, cool for Google. <laughs> Bing, I'm a big Bing guy. <laughs> um, my number three, uh, founded in '99, but this came into popularity peak. Just jokes abound. Urban Dictionary. Oh yeah, Urban yeah. Dictionary. Still to this day is used by a bunch of people coming up with slang and stuff like that. But it is was peak when you would just be like an Alabama. What's an Alabama hot pocket? Or <laughs> yeah, an Alaskan pipeline. Don't ask me why I know these things, dude. There were so many days in like junior high, high school, where I would just like spend way too long just looking at Urban Dictionary words and like going through all the related <laughs> words, just falling into this click hole, just learning all these like very graphic names for sex maneuvers. <laughs> like, just. Oh, yeah, that sounds like something that'd be fun to do. Like, <laughs> um, all right, number two for you. So, yeah, number two, I'm going to go with. We're doing like, we're including the 2000s, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going with Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Tumblr, there was a time in high school where, like, Tumblr was my online presence. Like I had a Facebook and an Instagram and a Twitter and all that, but I didn't really use them because I was just on Tumblr all day, every day. I was like in all kind of follow trains and doing follow backs and all this other shit. Like I was into Tumblr <laughs> before I got into Twitter. I, I was on, I was on Tumblr. Like I'm on Twitter now. So like Tumblr wow. was my Tumblr was my shit back in the day. <laughs> For somebody that was that's online as much as I am now, um, I just missed MySpace and Tumblr. I just missed both of them, and it was probably a lot to do with like, uh, thank God, my parents being like, no, because um, I I didn't get a Facebook until like ninth tenth grade, so it just I just missed both of those things, and th I kind of th thank God I wasn't on Tumblr. Because I'd be even more of a deviant than I am now, I feel like. Yeah, for me, like, I... Just called you a deviant, I, but my bad. I mean, I was in that... I was in deviant Tumblr a little bit, but, like, it was mostly where I would just go and be like, I, I could be deep. That could be me. I can make that transition to, to being a deep, poetic person. I could have a, a blog entirely dedicated to, like, ocean waves. Yeah, that was something <laughs> that I did. Oh God! Um, I, I went through a black and white phase on Tumblr, also with pictures. Yeah, because like 
I don't know how Tumblr works now, but back in the day, like the more popular blogs were all like themed or whatever. So like all of like the pictures you reblogged or like the posts that you like reshared and all that were if they were like all around kind of a similar thing, like your blog would be bigger. So I went through a phase where like I only like reshared black and white pictures. Oh my, God. my entire page was all black and white pictures. I went through a phase where like all of my shit was like the ocean and surfing and shit like that. I went through a phase with like all like retro nineties kids things. Oh my god, we only we know about rug rats. <laughs> we are the only ones that have this thought. <laughs> yeah. God Only Tumblr. we watched Hey Arnold. God, Tumblr forms so many people's like you know Tumblr people though. Like luckily you kind of like you transitioned to Twitter, which is a better form of uh it taking a personality yeah it rots your brain but like tumblr you know tumblr personality people when you see them too yep um my last two are going to be very um basic you may roast me for them but it they were so instrumental i'm just thinking of things that like i would sit and do in computer lab or like newspaper whenever i was supposed to be like writing something in in class whenever you had access to a computer in class I'm just thinking of what I would just do because of the websites that were blocked. I'm mm-hmm. just thinking of that. Cause you couldn't go and like, you couldn't even get on like uh sports illustrated because you may venture into the sports illustrated mind. Like you couldn't even do that. Yeah, so tons of shit was blocked. Yeah. So I'm thinking of, of, of websites that you could get on in a computer lab at school, Google earth. Oh yeah. Shit, shit. Came out in 2001 surprisingly it's not that old but when you could look up your street address and you were like holy shit that's where i live that's my house (laughs) yeah um that played such a weird part in my memory now looking back at it where it's just like oh where does my girlfriend live or where does my friend live where does jack from down the road yeah just i want to see what their houses look like yeah just weird stalker ish tendencies but it just was like Oh, I want to see like people in Paris. It just was a crazy thing. And people, younger people listening to this, if you're listening to this, like, what are you talking about? You, this was the, you could find out where things were and look at it in real time. It's so weird. (laughs) Like we never had that. You'd have to go into an encyclopedia and be like, what does this look like? You know, I don't know. It, It just, yeah, I mean, I, people younger than us, like, they've had that their whole lives, so they, like, take it for granted. But for us, it was like, damn, son. Like, <laughs> Where'd you find this? <laughs> I remember when, actually, we do still have one. But, like, when I was younger, we had a trampoline in our backyard. And that, like, made it onto Google Earth. Like, you could see the trampoline in our backyard. Uh, <laughs> if you looked at our house on Google Earth, and I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. Oh, my God. I'm going to get on my trampoline. And maybe, like, next time I'll be on Google Earth. Oh, my God. I mean, the last time, I think it's still, like, if you type to my address, my home address, I think the last time that they were in our neighborhood in Livingston, Texas, was, like, during the middle of the housing crisis. Like, that's how long ago <laughs> that was. Like, because there was like a for sale sign in our yard. Like that's how long ago that they, I think it's still there. So it's just, it's, they, you, and, and also the gaffes with Google Earth, which are kind of funny. Like if you type in these coordinates, you'll find this guy, like there's two, 
two versions of him or there's a dead body here or something crazy like that. So it's Google Earth was fun and I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> All right. So my number one, it's the most basic. It's extremely obvious, but it's MySpace. Yeah. MySpace was like my intro to like being social on the Internet. Um, I had MySpace in junior high and like that was just like a part of our junior high experience like talking yeah. about shit that we saw on myspace like oh they got moved out of their top eight they must have broken up like ooh, <laughs> or like see what he posted on his like as his wall song or whatever it was or whatever yeah dude we like there's so much music that I still listen to now, and it's because I remember it being people's MySpace songs. <laughs> like, still listen to Crazy Bitch because in high school or in in junior high, somebody put it as their background song or whatever for when you entered. Like, like you're in junior high. Like, who did this to you? <laughs> yeah, man, I I loved MySpace. Also, that's what put me on the Drake. I'm always very proud of that. I was on Drake in the MySpace days. I was there when he was the number one unsigned artist. I was in the trenches listening to fucking comebacks. Y'all weren't here with me. Y'all weren't outside. <laughs> shooting <laughs> shooting in the street. Uh putting up shots. The um The thing about MySpace, I never had one, like I said earlier, I never had a, a MySpace. But everyone around me had a MySpace and it was infuriating that I was <laughs> not on MySpace. It was so, it was actually mean by my parents. I was like the one last person that wasn't included. Thank God I didn't have a MySpace. Because I would have just been on MySpace the entire time. But like everyone around me had a MySpace. It was the, for people that don't, I don't know who wouldn't know. But for, even, even if you're older than us, if you're like five years older than us, it was the coolest fucking thing on the face of the earth. It was everything to us, man. Like we and didn't, I didn't talk have about one. much else. No. And I did not have one. So can you imagine how uncool that I felt? It was like like Billy with like mustard stains on his shirt has a fucking MySpace and I don't have a MySpace? Like what? Like yeah. what and that was before, like, it was cool to be off social media. Like, oh, man, like, social media roster brand. I'm not on there. I don't have yeah. a Facebook. I'm too cool for it. Like, nah, everybody was on MySpace because, like, it's just what we what we did. It, except you. You just, you just couldn't do it. Uh, <sighs> Air what's, your, what's your number one? <laughs> um, I was going to say, my number one... People are going to call me basic, but it just, and I still use it every single day. And so that's why I'm going to use it. Wikipedia. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I it is it. the number one most visited website on Roy Nogletree's IP address. <laughs> like, that. It, like, it is where I have gotten all of my information for everything forever. Yep. And I'm not making that up. <laughs> to this day it's a generation of people raised on articles written by people that may or may not be accurate and i mean yeah that kind of flows into literally everything else yep. that we just talked about yep but uh yep i 
literally every day I look at I get on Wikipedia and read somebody news Wikipedia page. Like mm-hmm. or I learned about some random ass event or I learned who won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in 1967 or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I just need to know for an argument that day. Like it, it has everything. And it's it's, it's like and it was also Surprisingly, for as much as English teachers didn't want you to use, or history teachers didn't want you to use Wikipedia as a source, you'd always get to it in a computer lab for sure. Yep, absolutely. And like, I, I guess I didn't realize this until somebody pointed it out, but Monty Jones pointed this out one day. But like, you getting a Wikipedia page is like a, it's like a stamp. Like you, you've made it. You are a yeah. person that like matters. Like. You do stuff, and people should know about it. You have a Wikipedia page now. Like, high school recruits have Wikipedia pages. Yeah, Bomani Jones pointed out that Lori Harvey, who's Steve Harvey's daughter, and is like has dated a bunch of famous dudes. She's dating Michael B. Jordan now or whatever. She doesn't have a Wikipedia page. So it's like, why do we all care about this person? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it that she does? Who, what is who it? Who are you? What is it you say that you would do here, Bob? Um, uh, Wikipedia, man, number one, clear number one. It is the most visited website. I love how Wikipedia every once in a while, like, like just put ads on your fucking shit because, like, every quarter they're like, "Do you want Wikipedia to stay around?" Yeah, how have they not figured it? It's the most visited. It has to be the most visited website besides Facebook in the world. Has to be. Yeah, dude, just just give us ads. We'll ignore them like we ignore them everywhere else. Yeah. It's fine. Like people's cell phones, like apps have ads in them like for the most random bullshit. Like just give us ads. It'll be okay. Like if Wikipedia went away, I don't know what I would do for like research. Yeah, how am I going to like get on here and talk about movies if I don't have Wikipedia? Yeah, I uh. Like, that's how I found out who Eduardo Saverin was and how much money he had. Because it's just there. It's just there. Like, how would I know Mariah Carey broke all these records? All that shit wasn't listed out for me in Wikipedia. Right. Exactly. Um, some some websites that we forgot. Reddit came out in 2005. Uh, I have never gotten into the Reddit. Th- yeah. It just seems not for me. It's like... It's like Tumblr, but with extra steps. Um, and ugly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, MySpace, 2003, like you said, that was your number one. Um, Craigslist. I've never bought anything off Craigslist, but I remember Craigslist. In yeah, I mean, I used to surf Craigslist. Just why not? Just there. And it hasn't changed, by the way. It looks the exact <laughs> same. Uh, <laughs> this, this website ranks up. Pornhub is number 13. Came out in 2007, which arguably accurate. That's pretty good. Pretty. Yeah. Um, oh, one that I use every single day and the app is, I mean, it's IMDB came out in 1993, if you can believe it. Damn. Um, and of course, we would be remiss without saying the Pirate Bay or LimeWire. True. I also want to give a quick shout out to Rhapsody.com. Yeah. Where I used to listen to all my music. My dad was a huge Rhapsody fan. So we didn't get into the Spotify Apple Music game until I was like almost graduating high school. Rhapsody was around that long. 
Damn, it was. Yeah. Shit. The uh, the original Facebook was fire. I don't care what anybody says. Like the 2009, 2010 version of Facebook was fire. One more that I I actually should have put on my list. I don't know why I didn't. Yahoo Music videos. <laughs> Wow. I was on that shit all day, every day when I was a kid. That that was my shit back in the day. A lot of you are going to be listening to a lot of our older listeners, older, a lot of our listeners older than us are going to be like, oh, you missed like AIM. You missed AIM. Uh, shut up. I sure did miss it. I, I sure did. There. Wasn't on AIM. <laughs> I knew people that were on AIM. My older cousins were on AIM. I, sir, was not. Um... But the jokes that come about AIM messages are still funny. Yep. Uh, yeah. SoundCloud came out in 2008. If you can, Flickr, 2004. Shout out. Holy shit. Fl- Flickr. Um, Imager, 2009. Shout out Who- to Foursquare. Foursquare. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, this is one I couldn't believe. Just real quick. Hulu came out in 2007. Great. Re- Really? Okay. Really? It's been 14 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Etsy came out in 2005. Seriously? Damn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one I never got into, but it is still funny. Chat roulette. Yeah. I That was never for me, but I've seen plenty of funny shit from like that. Amelie and all that. Yeah. Omegle. Omegle. Whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, WebMD. <laughs> 4chan do you remember yeah. uvu <laughs> good lord <laughs> uvu um buzzfeed came out in 2006 space jam 1996 yeah the space jam website is still up i think yeah neopets shout out all right, yeah, this is just us. This is just Royden Index listing websites. But yeah, those are our top five. Club uh, Penguin. Club Penguin. Toontown. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> I wanted Toontown so bad, and I finally made my parents like download it onto our computer, but our like internet sucked so bad in rural Texas that like it, we, it just didn't work. And so it like, crashed our computer. <laughs> you know, okay, while we're on the subject of like old video, like, old computer games, I got to bring up on the Disney Channel website. There was like this Sweet Life of Zack and Cody game. I remember what it was called, but you were like just going through like these different like mazes and shit trying to avoid being seen and like stealing pizzas or something. And I played that shit like every day. I have to look up what that shit is called. I don't do it on pod though. We can wrap up. Yeah, we're going to wrap up. You can follow us on One Take Pod. That's at One Take Pod on Twitter, Instagram. So on and so forth. You can find us One Take Podcast uh, on Spotify and iTunes and Google Podcasts. You can email us at One Take Podcast Show. We will uh, definitely at gmail.com. I should give where you should find that. At One Take Podcast Show at gmail.com. You can find us ever so often on that. Guys, we've getting a, we've been getting a lot of new listeners. Thank you so much for for listening. Thank you to the people that go back and listen to our old episodes. We we love you and we uh please keep doing that because it, it helps a lot but also if you're new and if you're old go on itunes rate us five stars everyone has an iphone you're lying if you don't uh go on itunes rate us five stars 
it really really would help us uh get a little bit further along and uh or if you listen on spotify click the follow button on spotify that helps a lot a lot of people do follow on spotify so thank you for that dex what are we doing hashtag support florence pew don't you worry darling he's wrapping up filming soon we're gonna get some new heat black widow is gonna come out eventually once y'all put on a damn mask and go get a vaccine so we can go to movie theaters and give disney their money that we owe them like just support florence Pugh, please support florence Pugh so she can be in the same universe as wandavision which is big fire sorry we got to talk about that eventually too super fire also hashtag black history month celebrate celebrate all right we out Thank you.